Hey, it's Sarah. And I'm Aaron. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello. Hello. If we sound different, friends, we're coming from you from a new microphone. Yeah. Not because we bought one, but because I stole one from Will. Yeah, I like it. It's kind of fancy, except now we have to stare at each other. We do, and that's... (laughs) unsettling it's unsettling so if we're blowing your eardrums out we're really sorry but we have new levels on the mic and we're playing with it we haven't quite figured out volume yet we think this might be a pretty good one where we're not too brassy Mm. i didn't realize we had so much vocal fry Mm. i uh didn't realize that but anyway so this is a new microphone friends and we're very excited about that we also want to tell you that both the stickers and the note cards are in so those are going to get mailed this week friends they're going to get mailed we know you're waiting with Bated breath. Bated breath. I know. <laughs> I know. But you're you're going to get it, friends. Don't worry. And if you haven't donated yet, please be sure to at our Venmo at Podcast 31 Nights or on our Buy Me a Coffee account, which is linked in the show notes. So yeah. So, um, oh yeah. So this is the thing that I wanted. I waited all week to bring up to you. It literally happened earlier in the week and oh. I just didn't mention it to you because <laughs> I wanted it to be fresh for the podcast. Okay. And if you forget, friends, we work together. So not telling her something for a week is kind of weird. It is because we talked quite a few times. Yes. Yeah. So prison pen pals is the topic I'm going to bring up because have you ever gotten an email? This is not an ad for prison pen pals, by the way, friends. This is just an observation that I have to share with you, which is I got an email earlier this week from like a Wisconsin Department of Corrections, like (laughs) email service of some random man trying to contact me. I've never heard this man and I blocked it immediately and like did all that crazy shit. But like, that's insane. (laughs) I have never signed up for anything like that. How do they get your email address? I don't know. There's lots of people getting email addresses. So I don't know. So weird. So weird. So are you going to contact him again? Absolutely not. No. His name, and I'm not even going to put his name out there because then I Googled him, which was a bad idea. Oh. It was like a... You're not going to enter into some no. sort of weird prison romance? No, no, absolutely. That's terrifying to me. That truly terrifies me. <laughs> I don't understand people who get into the... And again, it's an opinion. So like if you're into prison people, like into prison people is that what i just said <laughs> um if you're into that kind of thing i mean do your thing safely whatever friends well, did he, did, i mean but it no it was just like a this person would like to contact you okay. if you want them to contact you reply and it's like well was it about the podcast at least no no it, it, there's no message attached to it it's I mean, just like a person's be, name he could be a new podcast content. first of all i don't want con- to i don't want to think people in jail are listening to us I mean, so what? Or prison, I guess. They have to pass the time jail. somehow, and it could be, like, good for our <laughs> marketing and development. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> what if it was somebody trying to confess? Oh, God. Oh, my God. We get a, confe- a confession from a killer I'm on our podcast. absolutely not okay with that. That terrifies me. <laughs> I know that seems counterintuitive because of, like, what we are currently doing, what we're currently recording right now about like spooky, scary shit and true crime and stuff that that would terrify me, but it truly terrifies me. Why am I not more afraid of this situation? Cause it didn't happen to me. I like, guess. I think I wouldn't be as terrified if it was just somebody that I knew. 
Yeah. But somebody that it's, I don't I mean, I've know known people trying in jail. to contact yeah. me. Like, that's the terrifying part. Yeah, I've known people in jail. They haven't tried to contact me, but like, yeah. I know people in jail. I have have known, not currently know. But anyway, but I somebody I don't know in Wisconsin, a state I've never been to. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so that was just a topic I needed to bring up because I was like, so fucking weird. Also, this has happened to me once before. Oh. Very strange. Don't know how that's possible. I've never signed up for something like that before. Hmm. It's insane. Ins- not that I ever would. But anyway, <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today, friends, we're going to talk about, okay, so after one of Aaron's scary stories episodes, I got to thinking about the whole Wendigos thing. Yeah. Wendigo, Wendigo. Um, and then I watched one of the Supernatural episodes that has them in it, and it's probably a like the first season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really actually an accurate depiction of it, but I used to watch Supernatural in the morning before work when I graduated from college, when I worked at Toys R Us. It's so. still on, right? Like, isn't there still a yeah, current I think season? There's like My sister watches five million yeah. seasons. My sister it. like is still watching it if it's current. Well, it's so. like Grey's Anatomy is on season 19 <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the Wendigo or Wendigo or Wendigo, depending on how you decide. Oh, to- Wendigo. I'm not kidding you. That's how some indigenous tribes pronounce it. (laughs) They're creatures that are said to devour mankind. At least that's what it roughly translates into in the many indigenous tribes you can find this story in. So humans. Yes. (laughs) Eating each other. (laughs) um, Algonquin, Ojibwe, Eastern Cree, Salto, West Mm -hmm. Main, Swampy Cree, Naskapi, and Innu... All have stories and legends about the Wendigo, which if I pronounce any of those things incorrectly, please correct me. Uh, They describe them as giants with human-like characteristics. Despite the differences in descriptions of a physical nature, all of them describe them as cannibalistic. Yeah. Malevolent. What a good word. Malevolent. Um, (laughs) Which, how hilarious was it that I texted you last night about the the use of the word metaphorically? Yeah. It was 100% correct. And that person was like, please let her know. That is so funny. (laughs) It was so funny. Um, They're also associated with winter, cold, and famine. So I'm pretty much thinking giant white walkers for my Game of Thrones Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, how creepy. Oh my gosh. These creatures were described in some accounts as 15 feet tall (laughs) with glowing eyes and yellow fangs. Mm. Um, The height and menacing features also um, kind of lended itself to showing you the human that it actually was Mm -hmm. and that it actually turned into. And it kind of made it creepier because like you knew before it had been a human Mm -hmm. that got turned into some awful shit. Um. The description that makes me sick to my stomach t- to honestly even read out loud is that the skin sometimes was like yellow, yellowish and waxy. Oh, yeah. Um, had matted hair and an overly long tongue. I don't like that. No. What else did we talk about <laughs> recently with an overly long tongue? You the did something. Slip mouth woman. Ah, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know how. I This was not purposely chosen because of the overly long tongue. Yeah. Um. And honestly, why is that a thing? I, I don't know. I'm going to end up sneezing at some point because I think I have cat hair in my nose. And it <laughs> is just really awful. So I'm sorry about that if that happens. Uh, Wendigos are associated with the wintertime because of an event that would happen to Native Americans and other settlers during those months. All right. Sorry for that temporary interruption. I literally had so much cat dander up my nose that I couldn't function. 
And that's why it sounded like I trailed off. No, I was not attacked by my prison pen pal. Um, He did not come and find me. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying. So Wendigos are associated with winter because something that happened to Native Americans and other settlers during the winter time, uh, which is said to cause uh, Wendigos to be created. What kind of event do you think happens in the winter time that might cause these heinous cannibalistic creatures to exist? Everything's dead. Everything's dead. Yeah, we're going down the right path here. Yeah. Okay, so it's thought that whenever a person has to resort to cannibalism, they turn into a Wendigo. Okay. Now you're thinking, well, cannibals <laughs> aren't really common, um, but in the winter months, back in the olden times, and I did air quotes, uh, uh, there weren't safety measures or phones or helicopters to get people out of the wilderness in winter under snow. So the fear was like real and cannibalism did happen in desperate times. The mm-hmm. Donner Party. Oh, yeah. So that was like an actual fear that people had because yeah. that actually fucking happened. Mm-hmm. So some legends say that any human experiencing excess, um, like gluttony or greed can become possessed by a Wendigo. So oh. there's two kinds of like ways to be a Wendigo. Um, and to me, this is showing like the classic fairy tale, urban legend trope of working together and living modestly will help you survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, during settling like, you know, Western expansion time, this would have been integral to survival, the need for community support and living simply like you wouldn't really have a lot of things and you would have to kind of band together. Mm-hmm. It's believed they were human at one point. These creatures t- turned into Wendigos by a magical spell. Why do they get so tall? I guess it's like, you'll see in a second of like how it's descriptive of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of the way in which the magic spell turns them into these creatures, they simul- they are simultaneously emaciated looking and gluttonous. Yeah. Helped by their <clears throat> near perfect hunting skills. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially like these very honed creatures that can hunt down humans really easily, but... They also look like they're starving to death. So I think yeah. the tallness is to make them look more gaunt and more like exaggerated in that respect. Uh-huh. Um, and they're cursed to roam the land, trying hard as shit to satiate their intense appetite, never really being able to completely fill that void so that when eventually they can't really find any human flesh because mm-hmm. people are, you know, in big groups and aren't separated from each other, they starve to death. Right. Um, the magic that turned them into these Wendigos can then be harnessed by them to change the weather at a whim, which is also assisting with those hunting skills, which I think is kind of weird, <laughs> which lends itself to like avalanches yeah. and freak winter storms. I yeah. mean, you can see how all these things yeah. get explained. So there are tons of stories that appropriate to take inspiration from or slightly refer to Wendigos. I mentioned Supernatural. It's a very strange interpretation of the story um it doesn't really follow this mm-hmm. interpretation of it it's more of like a werewolf shape-shifting situation yeah. which is actually where i thought this episode was going to go i thought it was going to go down the rabbit hole of skinwalker ranch mm-hmm. which i then had so much information about wendigos that i was like I'm going to do a separate episode. So the next episode I do is going to be all about Skinwalker Ranch because Wendigos are one of the theories about what possibly is going on 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 Skinwalker Ranch. I don't think it is because they're associated with the cold climate and Skinwalker Ranch is in the Southwest. So 
Anyway, um, most of these stories are in the northern United States and Canada, like I said, and that's because of the inherently colder climate, and they're far more likely to have isolated periods of time without human contact. Right. Um, as time has gone on, people are consider have considered this less and less of a reality, obviously, because, you know, sounds insane and seems very unlikely. <laughs> However, something very real popped up to replace this, so... There's an actual diagnosis oh, oh called boy. Wendigo psychosis. Oh, my. I thought it was made up. I straight up thought it was made up. Oh, This my. is legit an APA, an American Psychology Association list, um, as well as many reputable cultural psycholo- psychology websites and journals. Um, defines this as a severe culture-bound syndrome occurring among among northern Algonquin Indians living in Canada and the northeastern United States. The syndrome is characterized by delusions of becoming possessed by a flesh-eating monster go. Mo- monster go is what <laughs> I just did. Monster, the Wendigo, and is manifested in symptoms including depression, violence, a compulsive desire for human flesh, oh. and sometimes actual cannibalism. Oh my. So, I hear cannibalism, and I immediately go Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Where was Jeffrey Dahmer doing all this crazy oh shit of God. eating people? Right. So, there is a deep. Oh <laughs> Aaron's God. giving me these eyes like he's a Wendigo. He's from I'm Wisconsin, not... right? I believe he's from Wisconsin. And right? you got an email from right what? while you're doing the what? Oh my God! No. Yes. So is, anyway, this so, is weird. Right? It's weird. So I start going, serial killers, cannibals. Yeah. Northern United States, Canada. Oh my God. Most of the serial killers known for cannibalism are from Canada or the Northern United States. Uh. So not only do we have a legend that's scary enough as it is, but we have an actual psychological disorder that can take your fear around it and almost turn you into a real life version of it. Absolutely horrifying. The initial symptoms are as simple as nausea, low appetite, and vomiting. (laughs) You know, like, seemingly normal sickness symptoms that turn you into a monster eventually. Uh, Loneliness can really do a number on you. Oh, no. I'm screwed. No, I'm saying isolation loneliness. There have been tons of studies on this. I literally read, I'm not even kidding you, like 15 different studies over the past 50 years that have been done on Wendigo psychosis, like legit studies. Now, some of them don't think it's an actual diagnosis and they're trying to disprove it. Some people are like, no, this is real. Like people, it's, it's like a, you don't actually have the, like the biological need for human flesh, but your brain has convinced you you, yes. you do. I mean, I, I get it. I yeah. get that. So, um, despite scientific studies done by anthropologists, psychologists, all the ologists, the most frequent go-to cure for this or go-to solution is curing by native healers. Which, Oh, nice. In and of itself, you're like, oh yeah, this is super chill. Like, totally fine. No big deal. He can't knock it over now. It's actually fantastic that Gus can't knock the mic over. I'm just trying to keep him from getting at you. Yeah. So, <laughs> the problem though is when this curing was unsuccessful, the solution at that point was execution. Oh, boy. Because they didn't want these things starting to eat people. Yeah. Um, And not quite sure which is worse, to be honest. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Um, this disorder, this actual diagnosis, dates back hundreds of years all the way to 1661. Nice. A Jesuit relations document stated, I have a lot of quotes in this, by the way, because they're actual stories. What caused us greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men deputed by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. For those of you that did not understand anything I just said, they just happened upon some people that they had stationed to take care of the place. They're all dead. Those poor men, according to the report given us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They are afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking flesh, prey, and the more greedily, the more they eat. Wow. This ailment attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so like, like trippy, man. People went crazy from the isolation. Like, that stands to reason. If you're isolated uh. and you can't get out and you're stuck with the I would go crazy. I don't know if I'd eat people, but... One of the most famous stories of Wendigo psychosis is of Swift Runner. That is his name. And this is from 1878. He was a Plains Cree trapper. And during the winter, his family and him himself were starving and miles away from anyone to get supplies. They were 25 miles away from the Hudson Bay River Company or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck it was called. So he could have made it there. Just going to make that statement right off of that. Um, His eldest son had actually just died when he came up with the solution to butcher and kill his wife and five other children. Oh. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking, well, this is cut and dry. He murdered them and cannibalized them because he was going to starve. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like that's why he did it. Oh no, no, you'd be wrong. He wouldn't have starved given the supplies he had left and the likelihood of him being able to get to the closest town before having to kill anyone. But he then confessed and was eventually executed for having been under Wendigo psychosis that caused him to commit these crimes. That is the actual statement in his confession that is accepted by the court. In Canada. Uh, Another story, Jack Fiddler, an OG Cree um, chief and medicine man known for his powers at defeating Wendigos. He and his brother, I think his name was Joseph, became known for defeating Wendigos. They claim that that Jack defeated 14 of them. Now, remember when I said earlier, native healers, the only way to, like, Mm -hmm. end it was to, like, kill them? That means he killed 14 people. Yeah. Right. Some of these creatures were said to have been sent by enemy shamans, while others were members of his own tribe who had been taken with the desire to eat human flesh. Jack was usually asked by family members to kill a very sick loved one before they turned into a Wendigo. Oh, my God. Because that's another fear. Oh, my God. Jack's brother, Peter Flett, was killed after turning Wendigo, which is the state, like, that's the (laughs) verb, you turn Wendigo, when the food ran out on a trading expedition. (laughs) The Hudson Bay Company 
finds itself in many of these Wendigo stories, actually, which would raise some eyebrows of why they are still involved in that particular area. Well, most of the employees brushed it off as ridiculous folklore and nothing to worry about. However, several incidents of people turning Wendigo and eating human flesh are documented in the records of the company. Wow. You can find that information. Um, then in 1907, Jack and his brother Joseph were arrested by the Canadian authorities for murder because they essentially mm-hmm. murdered 14 people. Jack committed suicide, but Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison. He ultimately was granted a pardon, but died three days later in jail before receiving the news of the pardon. Now, why is it taking days to get pardon information to people? <laughs> that seems dumb. <laughs> and like, what are you doing? Either way... Uh, you feel about the legend or the disorder itself. Um, it's considered a historical and cultural phenomenon that has spawned cryptid stories like Bigfoot, mm-hmm. werewolves, and vampires in North America. They all kind of fit that similar, like, voracious yeah. appetite, turning yeah. into something uh-huh. unknown, spooky thing. So, children, as you settle down tonight with the foggy mist around you and you feel that chill in the air, cross your fingers and hope that you don't succumb to the fear of starvation and become what I at least truly fear, a beast of your own creating, driven by a need for human flesh. Wow. Did you tie yourself on the back after you wrote that? Yes, I did. After you wrote that literary... Jim there. <laughs> listen, I am not a very good writer and I mean, I'm that was like actually pretty embarrassed by having written that, but I feel pretty impressed by, with myself. That was a great use of <laughs> descriptive language, figurative language. I'm just no saying doubt. my eighth grade English teacher would be very proud of me right now. <laughs> Mrs. Yes. Lieberman, who by the way, teaches at my niece and nephew's elementary school. Weird. So she could potentially be listening to this somewhere and be like, I remember her. She got a D on her Frankenstein paper. And then they had to take me out you're of still, You're still bothered by this because I have heard that story about the D on the Frankenstein paper quite a few times. So you're obviously still have some... I have gotten a D twice in my life. Three times in my life. Wow. And I remember each one of them. You're and, clearly still traumatized about it. <laughs> and it hurts me physically because I'm a nerd. I don't know if you know that. I'm a big dork. <laughs> so there's that but yeah that's the story of the wendigo which did not lead me down the rabbit hole i thought it was gonna lead me down no i'm but like really here's another creature to haunt your walk intrigued <laughs> but yeah intrigued and horrified that that is a possible psychiatric condition yeah holy yeah man. like imagine people like isolated in like siberia Mm-hmm. Like, imagine the people that are in isolated places in Canada or Alaska and can't get to my foot is asleep. So every time he touches it, it like hurts. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah. So how creepy is that? Way creepier than I thought. I thought it was going to be some just like generic spooky shit. Mm-hmm. No, that was creepy as shit. Oh my gosh. I didn't like that. So anyway, next time I do an episode, I'm going to cover Skinwalker Ranch, which is more of like a UFO paranormal yeah. sp- spooky thing. Um, and very far away from here and not likely to be around here. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, friends, we want you to follow us on the social media, which I notice a lot of people have been following us again, which I really appreciate. And I'm going to get better at social media. It's just so hard to have two jobs, um, essentially at this point. Mm. I mean, we kind of do. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, friends, um, we're also, our side <laughs> projects are making, a, are uh, kind of distracting us constantly at work. 
Um, but anyway, follow us at Facebook on Facebook at 31 nights of scary shit on Instagram at 31 nights of scary shit on Twitter at scary shit pod. We want you to donate to our buy me a coffee and or our Venmo because we're going to send you a free sticker and a free like cute ass note card with a handwritten note from us. And we have some, uh, we have a special shout out for that. Oh yes, we do have a special shout out. I can't believe I didn't start the episode with it. So you are a dedicated listener and have gotten to this point. A plus Nancy. Yes. Nancy, I'm not going to put your last name on blast because I don't know your life like that, but (laughs) I've met you before. Yes. Nancy, you're rad. Thank you for donating. We really appreciate it. And yes, you will be getting a um, sticker as well, obviously, of course. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. She also sent us a sweet Instagram account of schools and churches that are like for sale, like old yeah. ones. Yeah. I found one literally that I'm like, we need to buy it. Oh, yeah. It's I'm obsessed. So thank you so much, Nancy. You're rad as hell. Thank you to everybody that's donated. I uh, made a spreadsheet and we have like six or seven people that have donated. So I really appreciate it. And you're, you're going to be getting your stuff soon. We're going to send it out in the mail, but I'm not promising times because the mail is operating on its own time frame right now. Um, and I'm not going to get involved with that. I don't know what the hell's going on with the postal service thing is shit is taking forever. These note cards took a week and a half longer than they were supposed to. So anyway, (laughs) thank you for doing that for us friends. And, uh, oh, and please, please, please send us stories at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. I really want to do another shithead story. So send us spooky tales, cryptid stories, haunted stuff, things that maybe you thought were haunted and weren't haunted. Yeah. Uh, weird natural disasters or phenomenon. Like just anything you want to share with us, friends, send it to 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. And just make sure that you stay spooky. Uh, bye.